Hello, everybody. Hello. It is I. Your fearless leader is back. He is back. He has returned. He has returned to speak to you, my loving fans, my loving family, my loving adorers. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ear as I speak to you on Manoli's musings. Hello. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, how is everybody doing? How are we doing today? How have we been? I know. I'm sorry. It's been been some time since I've seen you. You know, you know sometimes in a relationship, distance is good, right? You know. Sometimes I just uh, I just can't stand you, so I, I had to leave for a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. I love you people, people who listen to this show. You're my favorite people in the universe. I promise you that. You're my favorite people in the universe. You're my favorite. That, that's it. Um. So what has been going on? What's been going on, Manoli? Well, a lot's been going on. I have been very busy. I have been busy. I have been traveling places. I've been going, uh, I've been singing. I've been working, working very hard. I, uh, yeah, I've just kind of, I've been busy for a little bit. So I, that's kind of why, kind of why it's been a minute. But, you know, I used to do two episodes a week. So I think it's averaged out by now. So there, there's that. Um, anyway, oh, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Who texts me while I'm recording this show? Who texts me while I'm recording this show? Don't they know? Don't they know this is important, groundbreaking material here that I have to get into? Aren't they aware? Um, anyway. Well, yes. What what shall we talk about? A while ago, I asked y'all some questions, and I want to get to those. But before, before I do that, before I do that, um... I have a few things that I want to talk about, just random observations that I've made, you know, around town. Uh, so I'm walking through my neighborhood the other day, my neighborhood, and there's a sign and it says uh, it's a missing pet sign. So, I mean, you know, what's what happened to Rex? What happened to Fido? What happened to Mittens, the cat? You know, you think, uh, you know, you see a missing pet sign, you know, it's a dog or a cat or. I don't know. You can't lose a fish. So I had never seen that before. But, uh, you know, something like that. Well, the sign was... <laughs> the sign said, Missing Parrot. They had a picture of this blue bird. This bird. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, um... Okay. And it says, Missing Bird. And what was the bird's name? Hold on, let me find it. I have it here. I have it here. See, I'm not prepared. Oh, there it is. Missing bird. The bird's name is Ash. Maybe that's short for Ashley. I'm not sure. And it says, it is a blue Indian ringneck parrot. Oh, okay. That, that helps. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I can identify birds birds on site. Oh, is that a bird? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. So it, it said, this is the area where it was seen. Here's the phone. And uh, I'm like, what? Hold on. Now, let's say I just happen to see this bird flying around. What, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do to retrieve the parrot? I found your bird. Oh, where is it? It's in the sky. It's flying around. It's in a tree. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I'm not a bird catcher. 
I'm not a falconer. I can't just grab a parrot, you know, and hope, hope it, uh, hope I can reach it. Yeah, you know, I'm a little guy. I can't just. I mean, what do you? How are you supposed to do that? I mean, maybe you could call someone, but I mean, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're not bird catchers either. Animal control. I mean, I guess they are, but it's not. It's not like you know, capturing a a guinea pig. It's a bird. It flies. How are you supposed to get it? I mean, listen. I don't know how this happened. I don't know who left the cage open and opened the door and the bird flew out, but I, I'm happy for the bird. I'm very happy for the bird. I think that the bird deserves its freedom. I think it's earned its freedom. And I think, uh, I think we should just respect it. So if I see a little blue parrot fly around the trees, I'm not saying a damn thing. Nobody's getting called. I'm not going to try to grab it. You know, and people like that, you try to help them. Let's say you somehow managed to grab the bird. Oh, but you damaged his little feather there. They would complain about it anyway. I know these kinds of people, the people that put up missing bird signs. And it's not the kind of people that I want to deal with. You know, there will never be enough. So I say, Ash, congratulations on your freedom. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you I hope you live a thousand years flying through the trees of some native land you were never supposed to be in. But that's okay. That's okay. Maybe you'll find a, another one. Maybe you'll find a mate and we can have parents all throughout Charleston. Maybe that's what that'll that's what'll happen. I hope it does. Um and uh and it, I, actually I have an uh, in memoriam segment uh on Manoli's music. This is very serious. Uh this is an in memoriam segment for uh Red Orchids China Bistro. It was my favorite local uh Chinese restaurant. And I tell you, I have probably, I, over the course of my lifetime, it's been there about as, about as long as I've been alive, it's been there. I have probably eaten or gotten takeout from there, I don't know, maybe 500 times, maybe, maybe not quite that much, but you understand my point. I, I used to eat there a lot. For a while, I was eating there, you know, at least once a week. And uh, it was just, it was like, it's like losing a friend. I mean, that, talk about a talk about a blow. I mean, I heard they were closing down, and my jaw dropped. And my my father said, "Are you okay, son?" <laughs> Not quite that dramatic, but you know, I like I like hyperbole here. And I'm like I'm like, what am I gonna do? I mean, you know, your friends let you down, you know. It, but Red Orcus was always there. It was always there for me, and now now it's gone. It's gone, and I, I don't know. We could do nothing about it. It's gone. And they posted a picture. It was them in the empty restaurant. I about had a, yeah, I had almost forgotten about it. And then they posted that picture, and I, I felt it all over again. There's a hole in my heart the size of wonton soup from Red Orchids, and it will never heal. Nothing's going to cover that up. Nothing's going to cover that up. So maybe that's why I haven't been so inspired, you know, Maybe, maybe that's why there's a little less pep in my step. It's Red Orchid. I will never have another wonton again from my good friend Red Orchid. May you rest in peace, Red Orchid. Um, I uh, I was singing with local choir, local little ensemble, and uh, I was there, and we were singing, and so we have we have four rehearsals, right? So we did the rehearsal another rehearsal and then we had two little we called them rehearsals they were basically like run out concerts we we performed for, for uh, school children and then we performed at a retirement home 
And uh, that was kind of like a rehearsal, but, you know, for the benefit of you know, open rehearsal, if you will. Anyway, so we were staying at this retirement home, and it's like ah, probably 30, 40 minutes away from where where I live. And uh, anyway, so we finished there that day, and then the concert's the next day around, I think it was 4.30. And so I, uh, anyway, so I'm home the next day. And I am looking for my music, my music. I'm looking for my folder with all my music. It's, you know, I don't know, 100-something pages. We, we performed a lot of music. It was probably, I don't know, it was at least 10 pieces, maybe 11, maybe 12, probably 12 overall. So it's a lot of music. And I spent a lot of time you know, printing it out and putting it in the right way and this and that. But I can't find the folder. It, it's gone. I assume it's at the retirement home. So I'm like, like, man, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go all the way back out there. Maybe somebody picked it up at the, where we were performing, you know, cause I had set it down to help move the piano out of the way. Look at me trying to help. And then I screw myself pretty little. So I left my water bottle and my folder and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to go all the way out there. It's going to take too long. They're probably not going to be able to find it. I'm going to have to wait. And they're, they're not going to know what I'm talking about. So I'm like, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go to Office Depot. It's right down the street. I'm going to buy a new folder. I'm going to have to print out all my music. So I print out the music. I spent you know, a lot of time on that. I have it printed. I bought a hole puncher. And I'm going to Office Depot, right? And I don't know why there's such a big, there's such a big crowd at Office Depot on a Saturday. I don't. I don't know what was going on. Um, the place was popping, okay? There were people in the shopping center, in and out, in and out. I couldn't find a parking spot. And there's like, it's I don't know what is going on, why it's so exciting. Because, I mean, what's in there? There's the Office Depot. There's a Barnes & Noble. There's a Harris Teeter grocery store. Other than that, there's really not anything in there at all. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? Who's spending their Saturday here looking to buy staplers? And I just... Uh, and so I find a parking spot, right? And I'm driving past, and there's this guy, and he's playing the accordion. And it's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Why? I mean, of all the places to, like, you know, play the accordion and put a hat out for some tips, it's like you could go downtown Charleston, you could go to the mall, you could go to town center, you could go so many places. Why are you in a strip mall in West Ashley? That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and those who know here, they'll know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, why is this guy here? And he literally, he's playing the accordion. And he has a hat on. He's playing that that song. Uh, da, 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 I don't know. I can't sing the Spanish, but it's, uh, I'm like, what, what the hell's going on? So I'm like, I'm like really like out of sorts. I'm trying to get this music, you know, put it in this folder. I have to buy the folder. I have to buy the whole puncher. I have to, you know, I, I'm rushing to try to get there in time for my call. I, uh, I've just all, I'm all out of sorts. I'm all over the place. Anyway, I open the door and I feel like this, somebody put a leaf blower like right up into my door. This huge gust of wind comes and it's like I, I got sand, sand blasted like at the Sahara Desert, all this gravel and dirt and stuff. It like all like blasted into my car. It's all over my clothes. I'm dressed for the concert. It's all in my car. It's on, it's on the dash. It's on the the seat. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like who just, who just put their leaf blower and just blasted a bunch of gravel at me, but it was the wind. 
And so I'm like, I'm like, okay, so this guy's playing the accordion. There's 800,000 people here. I'm dressed in all black. It's a hot day. I just got, you know, I had a gust of wind just blow a bunch of rocks in my face. I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? So I go in. I'm already just like, I'm like I just want to get in and get out. Anyway, so I, I, you know, it's whatever you need. It's impossible to find. Hole puncher. I uh, know we can't have that. We don't have that. Folder. No, we don't have that. And so I'm rushing around. I'm trying to get there. It's like, I think I have an hour to get to the, where I was singing, which was downtown. So it was a little closer and I'm there and there's some lady at the register. There's only one open. There's two people standing there. There's one register open. I'm like, yeah. Okay. And, uh, I don't know what she's asking. She's taking forever. And I mean, I'm standing there, you know, a minute goes by, two minutes goes by. I'm like, I'm covered in gravel. I'm wearing all black. I look like I'm coming from a funeral. There's that accordion music. I can still hear it in the background. I'm like, what the heck? What is my life coming to? What is it coming to? What is this that I'm involved with? And finally, she figures out whatever she needs to figure out. And I get there. I pay for the stuff. And so I have the folder. I have the music. I hole punch it all really fast. I run home. I do that. I'm in a hurry. I grab my water bottle. I have a backup. I put it in the folder. I rush to the, the church and I get there just on time, just barely on time. And I walk in and our director, Rob, he, he looks at me and he points at me. And I said, like, what? what? He's like, I have your folder and your water bottle from the retirement home. I'm like, well, thanks. <laughs> So he had gone, so they, uh, evidently they had called him, said, Rob, somebody left their stuff here. And so he went back to get it. And, and I, you know, I didn't think to ask, cause I was like, I'm not going to bother him, you know, cause I knew, I mean, I, he was out there. He, where he works is out there, you know, his church, he's a music director of the church. And I knew he was going to be out there, but I, I wasn't going to ask him to go by, get it. I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to bother him or anybody else. I'm just going to. Just gonna print it and you know whatever they can they can keep my folder, and then and then he's like I have it and I'm like oh that's great. I went by I was listening to that weird accordion music. I got a bunch of gravel in my car, but it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. I just had to laugh at that point. So concert went well, and that's that. Um, now let's uh. Oh, what else did I do? I went to Mississippi the other day. I had an event for my suit business. It went really well. We were at the uh, Gold Strike Casino, which is in Tunica. I've never been there. Uh, we flew into Memphis. I've never been there. Good show. Uh, I got to go to a place I've never been before, which is nice. They set it up really nice. It was a beautiful event. And I thank the Gold Strike and everybody who helped me uh, Helped me, you know, set that up and the, everybody who came and it was a really, really nice event. That was a great place. And it's a great casino. I mean, you go in there, the, the steakhouse is top notch. You know, it's really nice. The floor is big. They have everything, you, you know, everything there. It's uh, it's a great place. So I, if you're in the area, you're ever looking to do some gambling, I highly recommend it. The area, uh, you know, you're close to Memphis. So we went and we had lunch at a Rendezvous which uh, was owned by Greeks. It was a barbecue place, but it's owned by Greeks. So, of course, you know it's good. Um, that's in Memphis. It was called, I forget the guy's name, but he's uh, the Greeks own it, which I thought was interesting. It's like, you know, 
Southern barbecue. They do ribs and brisket, all that. And then it's owned by Greeks. So I'm like, you know, I guess the Greeks can do everything. So there you go. Um, but it was a wonderful trip. It, it went really nice. Uh, once again, it was first class all the way. Every, everybody that helped set that up. So they appreciate that. Um, yeah, hope to do another one. Hope to do another one. I think I think it went uh, really well. But yeah, so I've been kind of running around lately. And uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Gold Strike. It was a fantastic event. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I asked some questions a while ago. Like I'm talking like a month ago, maybe. And I haven't answered them. So I'm going to do that now. I'm going to do it now. So let me... Let's pull these up. I have them here. Hold on, let me take a sip of water. You people, people just tire me out. I can't. I can't do this anymore. You know, my throat is dry. I just keep going and going and going. And it's like, uh, it just never stops. Um, all right. First question. This is from Maisie, my friend Maisie. I uh, hope you're doing well. If you're listening, thank you for writing in. I haven't seen you in a while, but I hope everything's good. I went to high school with Maisie. I also went to college with her. And Maisie asked me, this is one of the great philosophical questions of our, our time, you know. Um, this is this is really a big one. This is this is heavy. We're starting off with the big leagues here. And Maisie's question is, is a hot dog a sandwich? And she didn't give me a softball question. She gave me some something with some real substance. And uh, to that I say, Maisie... I, uh, how do you define a sandwich? I, I define a sandwich as, you know, two pieces of bread with meat in the middle or, you know, meat substitute or whatever. That's a sandwich, right? That's a sandwich. It's two pieces of bread. I think two. I think two pieces of bread is a sandwich. You know, about the same size. And you put the stuff in the middle and you pick it up and you eat it. Now, a hot dog, typically the bun is one piece of bread. You know, you cut it and you put the stuff in and whatever. So I think, but, you know, also the bread can break and then you have, what do you have? You have a sandwich. So, so what is it? Is it a sandwich? Is it not a sandwich? Um, well, I, I think it's a special class of sandwich. I, I think, yes, technically you can make the argument that it's, you know, it has, it's bread and it has the stuff in the middle and then you pick it up and you eat it with your hands. I think you can make that argument. But I would, I would posit that it's in a separate category. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's uh, rosé is wine, but it's rosé, or it's, uh, you know, IPA is beer, but it's an IPA. A hot dog is a sandwich, maybe, but it's a it's a hot dog. You know, there's a there's better terms to describe it. A sub, a sub is a sandwich, but it's a sub. So it's like that to me is kind of the same thing. It's like. It's like, yeah, so it does it fall underneath the sandwich umbrella, this wide, you know, this wide world of sandwiches? I think, yeah, it probably does. But I wouldn't, it's not the first thing I would call it. I would just call it a hot dog. What do you call it otherwise? A sausage sandwich? I mean, you could call it that, but is it the, I mean, what, you know, how, how do we justify? I mean, if you, if you look at a menu and there's a sandwich section, the hot dog's going to be under there. It's not going to be separate. That's the same for a lobster roll, which also traditionally one piece of bread. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I, I would say yes and no. Yes and no. And maybe that's a cop-out. I don't know. So, yeah, I would think you could classify it as a sandwich, but I wouldn't. You know, what do you eat? 
What are you eating there? I mean, a sandwich. I mean, a hot dog. That that's it. That's it. You know, it's like uh, a Reuben or a uh, uh, well, a Reuben is two pieces of bread. So I think I think that I think the one piece of bread kind of sets it apart. It's like a it's a borderline sandwich. It's not really a sandwich, but it also is not not a sandwich. So. And we could go all day on this. Uh, all I know about a hot dog is that I like to eat them, especially with some mustard. I don't like ketchup, uh, some mustard. So, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where I stand on that. Whatever it is, sandwich, not a sandwich, I think they're pretty damn good. So thank you for your question. Uh, my friend Jason, he asked me, uh, what are your top three wine, favorite wines? And I'm like, well, uh, that's a tough one because I, I usually only drink red wine. And I don't drink it too often, too terribly often. But when I do, it's I like a full-body thing. I like a cab or a pinot, uh, something like that, you know, or a, a French wine or maybe even a Chianti if I'm, you know, in, in the mood for that. I want something with some substance. I want something with some meat. White wine I drink every so often if the situation calls for it. You know, if it's like if it's like a hot day or an outdoor event and, you know, they only have white or some red that I don't like. If it's, I'll tell you, if it's between Merlot and white wine, I'll drink the white wine. I can't stand Merlot. I think Merlot is for people that just don't like wine. It's like tasting soap. It's terrible. It doesn't do anything for anyone. I mean, Merlot is just, that's an insult to red wine. That's for red wine, for people that don't like red wine. It's like in Starbucks, when all those frozen drinks, it's just drinking a bunch of milkshakes. That's that's coffee for people who don't like coffee. Merlot is that for red wine. It's just, it's not what it is. I mean, it, it it's an imposter. It really is. There's nothing good I can say about it. It's metallic. It's bad. I've said this before. It's, it's like drinking soap. It does nothing for me. There's nothing there. There's no substance. There's no, there's no guts. It's just like, I mean... If it's between Merlot and drinking uh, and drinking nothing, I, I might drink nothing just because. Why? Why would I do that to myself? There's nothing there. It's no substance. It's just it's soap and sanitizer. That's what it is. It's just flavorless. It's dry. It's terrible. terrible. So that's kind of it. I like Pinot. I like Cab. Uh, I like Bel Gloss Pinot is really good. It's almost like a cab. Um, that's really good. If you ever try that, uh, Bel Gloss Pinot Noir. I can't remember which one I like exactly. I don't know. I uh, I, I can't remember anything anymore. But uh, yeah, Bel Gloss Pinot Noir. I try that sometime. If you're if you're interested, if you like Pinots, you got to try that. Um, really, really good. And I'll find out whatever the real one is. I just can't remember at the time. And, if I try to look it up, it's going to be a mess. So, so yeah, Bell Gloss, Pinot Noir, that's really good. And I like caps, of course. Who doesn't? Um, all right, next question. Uh, so this is from my friend Jake. He asked me, and he made sure to specify. He said, what are your top three favorite musicals? And he puts in parentheses, not operas. I said, well, Jake, thank you very much. Jake's a good friend of mine. He's a good guy. I said, well, Jake, thank you very much. Um. I guess I talk about opera too much on this show, which we'll get to that. Um, well, Jake, that's a really good question. I uh, I tell you, the first musical I really enjoyed was Phantom of the Opera, and it's still one of my top favorites. I think the music is beautiful. The plot is really good. I mean, I've read the novel twice, or it was actually they printed it in newspapers, so it was a serial 
they printed it. They printed like chapter by chapter in the newspaper. Uh, I think that was like 1905 that they did that. Gaston Leroux, Phantom of the Opera. Um, and this is obviously based off of that. I, I love the show. I think it's great. I think that the the music is great. The orchestration is, you know, grand for Broadway. Uh, the story is fascinating. You know, this guy is, is kind of a psycho and he's kind of nuts, but he, you know, he has this, this human side to him all the same, but he is a murderer. So he's kind of creepy. Um, kind of, he is creepy, but you know, I, I really like Phantom. I love the special effects, how grand it is, how everything is, you know, just watching. I mean, it doesn't get old. It really doesn't get old. Uh, it is sad to me that they just recently closed on Broadway after, I don't know, like almost 30 years, I think they were on Broadway, so maybe more. I'm not sure exactly, but, uh, you know, it's a it's a legendary show, and it's, I'm sad to see it go. And I guess that rhymes, so just call me Bill Shakespeare. Um, so that was kind of my first one, and then I kind of, I, I think my overall top favorite is probably Les Mis. I think that uh, not only is the music fantastic not only is the care are the characters you know three-dimensional and just interesting and really nice and obviously the source material i've read i read les mis uh it's fantastic you don't get much better than victor hugo but you know the message you know the identity you know can can a person change can a person get can a person improve upon themselves can they can they take off these you know john valjean can he shed this image of you know, he's a criminal. He did 19 years. I mean, he got arrested for nothing. He stole a piece of bread, basically, which is, I mean, so he got, I think I said he got five years for that, and then he kept trying to break out. So he ended up serving 19 years, but, you know, everybody looks down on him. They, they spit on him. They treat him like crap. So he has to reinvent himself, and I just think it's a beautiful story. I really do. And what a character Jean Valjean is, what a character Javert is. You know, he has... He thinks he's doing the right thing, but he just, his empathy is not there. You know, he, it's like the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. You have Fantine, you have Eponine, you have all these characters, the revolutionary side. Um, I mean, what a show, what a show, really. I mean, just fantastic all the way through. Um, I'd say that's my favorite. I would love to play, uh, I, I would love to sing Javert one day. I think that's a really meaty role and that stuff, particularly beginning when they're yeah, him and Valjean are going back and forth. That's uh, I mean, that's a fantastic role. I, I would love to sing that one day. And I don't really look so much in musical theater just because that's not something. Hey, I don't, I mean, I like it all. I, I do, but it's not my favorite, but that role I think would be really, really neat to play. So there's that. And then for a, th a third favorite, it kind of like, so Les Mis is here, then it's Phantom. And then for a third favorite, it's like, it could be a lot of things, right? It's kind of like a rotating thing. I really like Chicago. I love the music. I, the story, you know, it's funny. It's dark comedy. It's satire. I love what it says about, you know, celebrity, who we choose to give attention to, who we choose to glorify and follow. And, you know, just this idea of, you know, what the public is interested in, you know, because... You know, that's about this this celebrity that is fat about these 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 killers. These, these you know, Roxy is a killer. Uh, Velma is a killer. All these people are killers, but they're famous. You know, they 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 turn into a career. They're stars. They they want to do the vault build thing, and it's about it's just interesting to see. 
I think, you know, kind of how, how celebrities into it and a justice system and uh, Billy Flynn, I think would also be a great role. Um, they had announced back in the eighties, they were going to do a movie of Chicago it was going to have, uh, maybe they announced it, maybe it was planned. I'm not sure, but it, it didn't happen until obviously much later, but the movie originally was supposed to have, uh, Liza Minnelli as Roxy. And then, uh, I think, I think Goldie Hawn as Velma. And then Sinatra was actually going to play Billy Flynn, which I think would have been fantastic. Um, and I hate that didn't happen. I mean, the, the movie version is good. Uh, it doesn't have all the choreography, the Bob Fosse, which really misses. That's like a whole character in itself, right? So uh, it kind of misses something there, but the movie's still good. You know, Richard Gere is great. Uh, John C. Riley, fantastic as Amos. But that's a great role, too. And then uh, Renee Zellweger, obviously, and, and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, a great movie. I'm not trying to take away from that movie, but I would have liked to have seen Sinatra as Billy Flynn. Um, that's a great show. I really like that show. I like uh, Something Rotten. Something Rotten's hilarious. It's great. Uh, I laugh out loud every time I listen to it. I've seen it twice. I saw I saw Something Rotten. Actually, it was more on accident. It was, uh, there was this big blizzard, I, I don't know, maybe like 2017, 2018, I, somewhere in there. There was a huge blizzard in New York. It was in January. It was the biggest that the city had seen. And I was there. And I was supposed to go to the Met that night, the Met Opera, to see uh, Bizet's The Pearl Fishers. And they canceled the show. And so, <clears throat> you know, we're looking for things to do. The city's shutting down. I mean, the whole place is, the whole place is shut down. I mean, Times Square is emptying out. They're shutting down streets. It's really, it's a horrible storm. And so it's a Saturday in the day. And so... My father says, well, what about this show? I hear it's good. We had some friends that went. They loved it. Something rotten. He's like, what about this show? Maybe they have a ticket. So we went over there, and we got two rush tickets, uh, $40 a piece, to go see Something Rotten matinee. I knew nothing about it other than it was like, you know, kind of like a love letter to Shakespeare almost. And so we go in there, and we rush tickets, right? So, you know, you figure you're standing or you're in the back, uh, Front row seats, front row seats for something rotten. Center stage, front row seats, center stage. Original Broadway cast, they were still going at that point. And I mean, just a fantastic show. The theater was packed. Everybody loved it. That one song, uh, you know, it's a musical, a musical. I mean, people just went crazy. I've never seen a standing ovation in the middle of a show until I saw something rotten. And I mean, just, I mean, cleverly, clever show. You know, the tunes are pretty good. It, it's I really like it. I'm trying to think of what else I've seen. I've seen Sunset Boulevard with Glenn Close, uh, the revival, which that was interesting to see. You know, Glenn Close on stage. He did fantastic, obviously. That goes without saying. I saw the SpongeBob musical. I thought that was good. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I like a lot. So I would say Les Mis, Phantom, and then, you know, it could be a whole bunch of other things. Um, I like Hamilton. I've seen it twice. I like it a lot. I saw it in L.A. when it was on tour, and it was uh, it was exciting. Um, that's a great show, too. So, yeah, I like it a lot. But I would say Les Mis and then kind of Phantom and then you know, the rest. So, sorry to go off on a tangent there. Well, not really a tangent. I answered your question. So there you go. So take that, everybody. You say I talk too much about opera. I'm going to talk about musicals instead. Um, but, yeah, next question. So... My friend Lex 
She's a great lady. She asked me, uh, she asked me, what did she ask me? She asked me if you think she, uh, she asked me, Manoli, but this is the first opera you went to. And this is a great story. Um, so about 10 years ago now, uh, literally 10 years ago, I went to my first opera. I knew nothing about opera. I saw it was Spoleto Festival. We do that here at Spoleto Festival USA. It was, uh, I saw they were doing Italian opera across the street at the Satilli Theater. And I said, well, you know, I've never seen an opera, but I like, you know, I like music. I like musicals. I, I take voice lessons. You know, why wouldn't I? You know, why not opera? I mean, I know, I know nothing about opera. Nothing. Not the first thing. Nobody in my family knows anything about opera. And so I said, okay, I'll go. And I went actually with my, my aunt. And uh, we went. And it was, uh, it was a double bill. And it was uh, Umberto Giordano. He wrote a short opera called Meze Mariano, The Month of Mary. And it's, uh, it's kind of like Suor Angelica. If you've seen that by Puccini, it's this... This lady had to give up her son to a, a convent or whatever you call that. And uh, she goes to visit him and he's dead. He died the night before. So there's that. And then it was, and that was beautiful. Uh, very hard to find recordings of that, by the way. Uh, and then the next one was uh, Puccini's first opera, which was Le Vili. And it's, uh, it's really good. And it's not talked about much. It doesn't get that much attention. It's not performed often. I mean, Puccini... I think it's the most performed opera composer probably ever. I mean, between La Boheme, Turndo, Tosca, Madame Butterfly, uh, Manalesco, even though I don't like that opera, Manalesco, or, uh, you know, Gianni Schicchi, any of that stuff. I mean, very popular composer, right? Uh, Fanciola del West. But his first opera, and his second opera, really, Edgar, they get, like, very little attention. Levili is done every so often, but I tell you, it was a beautiful opera. It's, it is a magnificent opera. It's short. It's tragic. It's beautiful. It, it's only three characters, only three uh, solo solo characters. There's a chorus as well, and also ballet, which I don't think Puccini ever did another ballet in his operas. I could be wrong, but there's a ballet as well. But, I mean, I, I urge you to listen to it. I urge you to watch it just because... Puccini had already, I mean, he already had this knack for like drama, just irony, drama. I mean, that's really like the meat. You know, when you think of Puccini, you think about the really dramatic moments, you know, Tosca killing Scarpia, Butterfly committing suicide, uh, Mimi's death or that kind of thing. So these, these big, tragic, uh, big, tragic moments, uh, you think about that and it's already here. I mean, he had already perfected that in his in his own way and it's a it was not at all what i was expecting you know i opera you know you see the spoops of wagner with the lady wearing the horns and she's singing for five hours straight and it's not that it's not like that at all so i i think it's a great first opera for anyone i encourage you to listen to it i thought it was beautiful i thought it was great and that was from then on i was like you know what this is really interesting it's not what i expected it's genuinely nice it's genuinely beautiful it's genuinely emotional and tragic and uh i just kind of i started there and i started listening to more and more you know carmen tosca rigoletto uh but levili was really special and that that was my first opera and that's kind of where it started and that's when i started taking singing lessons and singing my 
My first aria I ever sang was uh, Non Più Dry from uh, the Nazi de Figaro. I was 14. Uh, so that's kind of how that went. Um, yeah, but great question. She also asked me, uh, what reality show would you want to be on if you got picked to be one? So uh, I like Survivor. I like to watch Survivor. I like to watch Big Brother. Uh, it's kind of trashy at times. It's ridiculous at times, but I like it anyway. You know, it's it's harmless fun. It's mindless fun. For me, I, I enjoy it. Or uh, I also like Hell's Kitchen a lot with Ramsey. Uh, I love watching him just tear into people. It's so funny. But if I had to pick one show to go on, so I mean, think about it. I, I get my choice of any of them. I, I, I would probably pick Survivor just because uh, the adventure aspect, going to a, the Fiji, I've, I would love to go there. I would love to play this game. You know, I don't even really care about being on TV. I would just want to go play the game. And be on Fiji. I would have a hard time with the starving, though. I can tell you that much. They're not eating. I don't know how I would do. I'm not super outdoorsy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I would do, but I think it would be fun. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I think... It, basically, if they called me today and they said, would you like to go on Survivor? I, maybe so. Or Hell's Kitchen, I would go on that. I would be terrible. I don't know how to cook. But if I did, I would like to go on that too. So there's that. Big Brother I like, but there's there's, there's too many cameras. And it's too long. It's like a three-month commitment. Go play Big Brother. You know, for, but the, and everyone's watching you 24-7. That part makes me nervous. Just somebody's watching you at any given time. You know, you don't know, you know, it's just that would make me nervous. And you're in that house, you can find it and, and make you go crazy. So there's that. And then she also asked one more. It was, uh, would you rather explore the ocean or space? And I say space because, well, I love Star Wars. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, not really. I love Star Wars. But yeah, space is the unknown, right? I mean, we, the ocean is also pretty unknown we've only explored a very small percentage of it relatively speaking but yeah and that's kind of like space in itself so i mean that's like a whole alien world itself strange creatures and uh it's dark it's it's expanse i mean if you're under the ocean and you're in space you're at the same level of, of danger there i mean there's it's the same thing right you're if something goes wrong you're you're dead you're screwed pretty much i mean relatively speaking but um, it would be interesting to see the bottom of the ocean. It would be interesting to see the Titanic. That would be cool. Uh, but I would say space just because it's, you know, I would love to see the earth. I would love to look at the earth to see it from space, to look at it and be like, wow, that's, that's home. That's where we are. That That's amazing to me. You know, I, cause you know, they went to, I mean, you look at the moon and it's like, wow, it'd be cool to go there, but it would be really cool to look at, be on the moon and look back and see earth. I mean, and all the people, all the billions of people. I mean, that's that would be cool to me. So there's that. Um, I got two more here. Uh, my friend Ashley, she asked, uh, what if Maria Callas was a college student today? How do you think she would do, basically? What if she was a voice student in college today? And I think that's an interesting question. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say because Maria, Maria Callas, uh, I mean, she had, you have to have talent. I mean, you can, I mean, well, I shouldn't say that because the work is the more important thing, but obviously she had a raw, innate sense of drama and architecture and phrasing and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I think she worked on it for sure. I don't, I'm not saying she didn't have to work, but I think that that, you know, gift for 
the drama and the passion of the meeting. I think that was there to begin with. Uh, and that's kind of what, you know, you think of Callis, you think, oh, she's a singing actress. She's not just a singer. Park and bark, stay in there, sing. But the other thing about Maria, you have to remember, is that her technique uh, in her prime, I mean, it was really, it was perfect. Um, you know, coloratura and trills and, you know, legato. I mean, just absolutely flawless, flawless technique, really. Three registers, a huge range. I mean, there's, a, a, in her prime, there is not a, a single thing you can say about, about her singing, her technique. There's not a single bad thing you can say about it. So she had the perfect bel canto technique. Now, if she's around today, I don't know. You know, I think that her training with Elvira de Hidalgo, who, you know, was trained directly in the bel canto line, there's, you can trace it back to Garcia and those guys. It's hard to say. Would she have had the bel canto training? She probably could have got there, but, you know, it's not the same uh, <clears throat> from, you know, direct, direct line, direct, direct succession. But even then, I mean, you know, you can't, I mean, things get changed, things get moved around, but she really had that perfect Belcanto technique. And I think that Elvira de Hidalgo was a big part of teaching her that. But I mean, Maria, you know, you think about Maria, she is Maria. So at the same time, do I think she could be successful? Absolutely. But listen, I can tell you this much. She wouldn't be singing Tosca at age 19. They just wouldn't let her. Nobody would cast her. She wouldn't be singing Leonora and Fidelio. She wouldn't be singing Brunhilde and Norma. These roles at 26, 25, 24 turned up, I think 24 years old. So they would have her singing, you know, I mean, probably have her singing Susanna or, I mean, can you imagine uh, Maria Callas having to start out singing Susanna or Zerlina or any of that stuff? And that's, I mean, those roles are fine, but not, I mean, it's a different thing. So they're not going to have her, they're going to say, no, you're too young to sing Verity. You're too young to sing uh, Bellini. You don't have the good legato. They wouldn't. She wouldn't have done that, and she wouldn't have got this experience early on. Because you have to remember, really, we only have about half of her main career on record. I mean, a little more than that, but there's a whole third of her career where she's a young... I mean, she debuted professionally at age 15. And we don't have recordings of her until till 1949. So, you know, uh, that, that makes her 26. So there's 11 years of singing there that we don't have. So just, you have to remember that with Maria. So people say, yeah, her career was short. It wasn't really that short. It was not that short. So she sang from when she was 15 and then she retired from opera stage at, uh, in 1965, which I don't know, that would have made her, I think 42, 43. So she sang for longer than people give her credit for. So yeah, I mean, but also differently, you know, you have to think Maria, I mean, would she... You know, she's so she was so in line into with what the composer wanted. I think she would have a hard time with this uh, these trends now, these productions where they move uh, Rigoletto, the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that this stuff, this stuff going on the the director's theater theater they call it. I think she would have a hard time with that. But you know, if you want to sing, you have to you, know, you have to listen to the director, which you know I I, I prefer traditional. And that's my opinion. If that gets me in trouble with the powers that be, so be it. I don't really care. I prefer traditional. I think that the works stand on their own. I think that they're masterpieces, you know, the really good operas. I don't think you need to invent new ways to show that or try to make it relatable. It is relatable. How is, you know, everybody's been in love. Everybody's had love 
turned down. They've been spurned. They've been disrespected. They've been passionate. They've been angry. They've been, they've lost someone. They've been ashamed. I mean, these are all universal human experiences. And I think it's more interesting to see it. You know, you look at Rigoletto, he's a, you know, what is that? 15th century uh, jester and you can relate to him or you look at uh, Don Carlo with uh, Elizabeth of Valois, Elizabeth of Valois or, you know, Tosca. And I mean, you look at these things, these, you know, they're old historical uh, Orfeo, the myth of Orfeo. Why do we need to make Orfeo into a punk rocker, uh, you know, in 2023? I, I just don't see a need for it. Um, it. It gets done. I think I have, theories on why that is uh but i prefer traditional and that's that i think maria would agree i honestly do she's my favorite singer i don't know it just would be different you know you have to think about the training the technique the bocanto i mean her her instincts i think would have been there but i think she would have had a hard time with this stuff i think she would have had a hard time being taken seriously in the repertoire she was doing at a young age and i think she would have had a hard time with the you know, what's going on in these trends? Because, uh, you know, I mean, they, they, they make these singers do some really crazy stuff sometimes. And, and I've talked to plenty of singers that, uh, you know, maybe we should leave it at that. But <laughs> anyway, uh, so that there's that. So I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, and you have to also remember that, you know, we don't pay attention to opera singers like they did back in the day. You know, they, they're not. She was... I, I don't know. I guess you would consider her an A-list celebrity. You know, she had this publicized romantic life and personal life. That that wouldn't happen today. They just don't have that level of attention on them. So there you go. So would she have been good? I think so. Would she have been the Maria that we know? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. So anyway, that's that. I think she could have been. I mean, I think she could have succeeded at whatever she wanted to do. She had the work ethic. So there's that. So I, I would never bet against Maria Callas. How about that? I would never bet against Maria Callas. Would never bet against her. So there's that. All right. So my friend Ben, this is the last one. He says, what are the worst opinions you've ever heard from people? Well, I mean, Ben, I only have an hour here on the show. So, I mean, really, you're kind of asking for a lot. I mean, there are some really bad opinions. People that think Maria Callas was a bad singer, that's a bad opinion in my book. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, every opinion's valid. Everybody has a right to an opinion, but come on, people. People that don't like black coffee, I'm suspicious of that. I know it's strong, but I, I think black coffee is, uh, you know, they, they get suspicious of me. They say, oh, you're a psycho. You drink black coffee straight. I'm like, well, yeah, so what? It's it's coffee. Uh, or I'm suspicious of people that like Merlot. Very suspicious of that. I'm suspicious of people that don't like uh Giulietta Simeonato or Cesare Sieppi or uh, Franco Corelli. I'm suspicious of those people, that's for sure. I'm suspicious of people that don't like The Sopranos. I think it's the greatest TV show ever, and I'm suspicious of people that don't like that. I think that's a bad opinion. If you think it sucked or it was this or that. People that think that, you know, Friends of the Office or the height of comedy, I think that's a pretty bad opinion. But, but hey, you know, everybody's taste is different. There's no accounting for taste, you know, except for mine, of course, which is perfect. But, you know. What, what can you do? Not everybody can have the great taste like myself. Um, yeah, The Office sucks. I, I, I watched a whole season of that show, and I didn't, crack a, I didn't crack a smile. I did not crack a single smile. How can you watch, how can you go from, like, I don't know, 
the honeymooners or Curb Your Enthusiasm or any of these funny shows. I mean, Seinfeld, please. And The Office is like, really? That's the show y'all were obsessed with? Um, yeah, I don't know, people. I don't know. And Merlot, and that's another thing. And uh, yeah, I've heard some bad opinions. I shouldn't say bad opinions because, you know, technically, technically, no opinions are bad. It's all relative and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, there you go. I think that's a bad opinion. How about that? I think if you say Michelangelo sucked, I think that's a bad opinion. I think if you say Shakespeare sucked or Mozart, and a lot of people say it. A lot of people say Shakespeare didn't exist. It was a bunch of ghostwriters. Homer didn't exist. It was a bunch of ghostwriters. Mozart sucked. Beethoven sucked. People say this stuff. They say he's terrible. I saw somebody on the internet. They said, well, if you like Verity, you know nothing about music. I know nothing about music. I, my favorite composer, Verdi, I, he's my favorite. So I like him. And that means I know nothing about music. A lot of instrumentalists say that because they always discount vocal music. Just an FYI for you. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so there, there you go. People, people like to crap on Verdi because he only wrote, they wrote mostly operas and a few sacred books. So what? He was the best. He wrote the best operas. How can you hold it against him? How can you say, oh, if you like Verdi, you know nothing about music? This guy had dramatic irony down to a T. That's a bad opinion. And I think if you like the Giants, Ben, the San Francisco Giants, I think Ben, Ben, Ben. I think if you like the Giants, Ben, I think that's a bad opinion. I think that's a really bad opinion. I think you should come to the light side, come and like the Dodgers, and uh, you know maybe we can be friends again. I don't know. So... That's it. Uh, I've talked for 50 minutes. I got a plane to catch and I got to get the hell out of here. So uh, thank you very much. Enjoyed it. I will see you next time. I'll have a lot to talk about. I'm going to France. So there's that. Uh, Okay. See you later. Thank you. Goodbye.